Hey, what's up, guys? Evolution at War Pod coming your way again. This is your host, Steve Smee, and my interim co-host as coming back is Ricky V. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Steve. How are you doing today, buddy? Hanging in there, buddy. Hanging in there. It's always a good day when you can do this podcast, and we have a, a caller that is in. He has a 520 number. Caller, you're on Evolutionary Radio. How you doing, man? Hey, buddy. Unmute your uh, unmute, unmute, buddy, so we can hear you. Did you have a question? Yep. Yeah, can you hear me? Now we hey, can we hear can you, hear. buddy. What's going All right, on? There we go. Hey, this is Tamron calling from Tucson. Just, uh, uh, I guess, a newbie to this man. Uh, looking at bodybuilding, uh, entering classic physique. Uh, trying to decide if I do a show this November, or if I postpone it to the spring and put on a little bit more size, a little bit more mass. Uh, for the record, I'm 46, uh, 6'2", 235, uh, probably sitting around 14% body fat, maybe 12. So so I just want to ask, though, uh, before Ricky V uh, jumps in here, tell us a little bit about your history. Um, you're 46. What have you been doing for the past 20 years? Have you been <laughs> – were you leaner at some point and kind of got up to 14%? Or were you more heavier and got leaner down to 14%? Where, where are you coming from is what? Uh, That's what I was going. <laughs> no, really kind of really staying right about there. I mean, I've been leaner in life. Uh, I've always played sports. Uh, and really, uh, uh, fitness has always been a part of my life. So I've always stayed involved in the gym. Um, and really kind of decided over the past, probably past nickel or so, to really decide to, to go more towards bodybuilding as, uh, a hobby slash outlet. Uh, but outside of that, man, it's working a square job nine to five on a regular every day. Um, so, uh, you know, do that and then hit the gym, uh, regular life, you know, single father. So raise my kid, um, and, and squeeze it in where I can. So what made you want to compete at 46? Um, really kind of thinking back to, uh, my days playing football. And, uh, for me, uh, like many people, you know, uh, career ends unexpectedly, you know, so never having that, the, that, that final send-off that you know is the final send-off. So I thought, you know, why not? You know, why not get on stage, uh, do it at least once and, and note it, you know, that's that final send-off if that's what it is. Or, you know, maybe it turns into something else. Who knows? I like it. I like it. The competitive spirit is in you for sure. You want to get that, do something to compete – um, what experience do you have using supplements, SARMs, steroids, all that good stuff over the past few years? Uh, no SARMs, uh, supplements, uh, definitely. Uh, as far as the uh, steroids, uh, started first cycle here uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And what, what is that? What are you using? Uh, Trend and test. So you were natural for quite a while before you jumped on the on the source, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you, you get the most out of it that way. This is your first cycle. You're going to get some great gains. Um, a question for you, man. Is there? Do you have anybody that's uh, already a competitor or helps competitors that is helping you out with your road into competition? Uh, no. All right. Well, well one of the one of the first things you want to do is you want to locate that guy that's already putting guys on stage that's already got some, some guys walking off a stage with trophies because he's going to help you around everything, not just the criteria, but 
everything else that goes along with it. You know, right. you can come in in the best shape day of your show, and if you make just some bad, some mistakes, not not get placed well. So you want to make sure that on top of putting the time in in the gym, on top of you know the chemicals and everything you're doing, you really want to find yourself and align yourself with a good coach, good team, maybe group of guys that are kind of competing. And that's really usually the best way to enter in, into competition bodybuilding at any age, because there's a lot of small things you won't know. And even the days leading up to the show, you need somebody who can look at you almost on a daily basis, or that you can send pictures to on a daily basis. It can tell you if you need to tweak your diet or up in any, to any degree leading up to the show. And this is not something that somebody's going to be able to do remotely. You ideally want somebody locally that you can that you can start to get prepped for the competition because there's there's a lot of things that you that you don't know yet that you don't know. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. So, so that that'll be a good place to start. Do you even know any teams around your area? Is there anybody that comes to mind, or or do you need even maybe even help knowing where to find them? Um. Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys up in. Uh, not too far from me that uh, that I can reach out to. Yeah, you, you you want to go to a coach that's putting people on stage and just go in and have a heart to heart with them. I'm saying, say, look, I want to compete. I want to do at least one show. I might want to do more after. You know, take a look at me. Tell me what you think. This is the show that I'm I'm looking at. This is how far out it is. You think, and you know, he's gonna he's gonna talk to you. But that's. That's definitely the best start because these guys are going to know things in tricks that you don't, they, you know, that you don't know that you don't know yet. Stuff to help you get your your waist looking even smaller. Okay. You know, they'll they, <laughs> he might even link you up with with the right guys to get all the all the supplies you need for for your show coming up. It's it's a full uh-huh. thing. First thing you want to do is you, you want you want to get a plugged in with a with a good coach. I think one gotcha. of the things too, you got to be realistic here because your show isn't how long did you say is your show till? Um, I haven't actually decided if I do November or if I push back to the spring and put on some more size. Okay. So you still got some time. It's either you know, six right. months away or 12 months away. He, he's trying yeah. to. Decide. So, I mean, you got time. It's not like you're doing this like in four weeks or eight weeks or 12. Exactly. So, so my recommendation when it comes to steroids. Okay. When you're doing these steroids like testosterone and trend, believe it or not, a lot of people have a misconception about both of these steroids. They think that, you know, they can cut on them. But I can tell you, like, these steroids are really good for building bulk and building mass. So if you're going into a competition, you a physique competition specifically, you want to be as lean as you can, as dry as you can. And I promise you that test and, and trend – won't dry you out into a competition. So you're going to have to stop using them ahead of your show. A good, depends on the ester that you're using. A lot of guys who compete, this is why they use short esters. They use Trenace, they use test prop. They don't use the long esters because they want that shit out of their body. And then they'll start running Winstrol, the T-Bowl, the VAR, the Masteron, those dry compounds where that's in their system the day of their competition and the test is not, you definitely don't want the testosterone in your system. You don't want to have that water retention because that will not right. points off of, uh, from the judges for sure. So that's why you see competitors run the shorter esters. And that's why you see competitors stop 
these wet compounds or these bulking compounds ahead of their actual um, judging. And then they'll be, they want to just be on those dry compounds. So that's something to think about. So, you know, you want to kind of have a game plan ahead of time. Like right now you're on test and trend. What is your game plan? On test and trend, you're going to build a lot of weight, a lot of mass. It's not all going to be good mass, but you're going to build mass. So you want to basically from now to then get that 14% down. Because if you're 14 or 12 or even 11%, you don't even want to go on stage in a physique competition because everyone you're going to be up there with is going to be way more leaner than you. I mean, these guys are going to be oh, yeah. five, 6% body fat at the most, maybe seven at the most. If, and you don't want to be up there at 10 or 11%. You look like a fool. You yeah, know? So, and, and, the, and a good coach will tell you exactly how far out you need to be in your situation. You need to start dieting mm -hmm. down. Right, Steve? Yeah. The coach is not even going to let you go on stage if you're that much body fat. So yeah, it is. The coach also, though, here's the thing, what I've seen in the gym, because I, you know, I've worked at a hardcore gyms, the coaches will go through and show you how to even pose, because that's something you don't know. That's if another you don't know, thing you have to get good at. Absolutely. You'll look like a fool up there if you don't know how to pose. So he's got right. to teach you how to pose. He's got to teach you how to put the music. Um, you got to go with the music and be on point with that. You got to know how to really show your bicep. If you look in front of the mirror and you put up your bicep, we got to be able to see your bicep, you know, and the judges who are up there in the first row, they got to be able to see your muscles and see those cuts. So you got to know the stuff from, so just don't have crazy expectations going to your first show. What I would go is start going to these competitions and learning what they're doing. And then from there you can kind of network, talk to some of the, how, how many competitions have you actually gone to, to see? Um, uh, I've seen two, two competitions. Yeah. I've maybe. Maybe once you get plugged in with your uh, with the team with the coach you're gonna work with, go to a couple of shows where his guys are showing up. Help in the back a little bit. Help with the with the tanning. You know, help with whatever you can get involved involved in as you're going through your progress. So you get used to it. So you get used to being back, backstage, even if it's just helping helping your coach, helping the guys going on. You know, you get him right. involved with it more so that it, when you get to competition day, you're not a stranger to it. What, what, like, what are you doing with your diet? I mean, um, so, I mean, coaching is going to help you with the poses, going to the competition is going to give you an idea of what it's all about, you know, the music and stuff. It makes a difference what music you play. You got people in the crowd, they, they put on a good song. Everyone in the crowd starts clapping and cheering, getting into it. You put on crappy ass music or music where three, four other guys are also playing. Everyone wants to play the same fucking shitty music. You got the crowd bored out of their mind. So that all makes a difference. So you already got that down. You're going to get help with posing. The, you know, I'm assuming, you know, you, tell us a little bit more about your diet. What are you doing to get that 14% down? Uh, right now, I'm just cleaning it up, uh, maintaining chicken and rice. Uh, I need to start cutting calories. Um, I'm probably sitting at about 4,500 a day. Uh, so I'll probably bring that down to probably around 38 or so. Um, and, uh, definitely need to seek out, uh, strong diet advice for that. That that's the definite one. Have you already made the decision whether you're six months out or 12? Because that's going to make a big difference in what, you know, how soon and I, I guess, or not. no, I haven't. I guess I haven't really decided which one I am. Am I six months? Am I 12 months? That, you know, that, that's, again, that's one thing that, 
you get a coach to, to look at to look at you, you you know, take it off and see what the guy says and say, look, you tell him the competition you're planning. He might know who he might even know the promoters of the show and tell you if it's a good idea or not, and if you're ready, how far out you are. Definitely somebody like that can help you make that decision. But right. as far as the diet, look, if you're 12 months out, you can maintain that 43, 100 calories and just build more muscle. So you've got something better to work with at the time of cutting down. But um, if you're looking at six months, it's a different story. You know, and that, 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 that decision has got to be made first before anything, in my opinion. Right. I've got another question for you, buddy. Do you, do you have any work in fitness, gyms, or anything, or is your nine-to-five outside of the, of the industry? Outside the industry. Outside of the industry, okay. Yeah. One thing yeah. I would suggest is this. I don't know how, how, how much you want to do this and how, for how long you wanted to do it, but if this is something you wanted to pursue as, as some sort of you know, work, something you want to make money off of down the line in any way, you want to start getting your social up, getting some pictures up, getting things going there. So that way, even leading up to every time you go on stage, you let people know you're competing. You might, you might put some butts in seats and that'll help you get more, more cheers in the crowd when you're posting. And that all makes a difference. Got you. Yeah. And let me just say this. I mean, because you've been around the same body fat for a long time now, just cutting your calories isn't going to burn away your fat like magic. Like at least, Maybe initially, the first few weeks. But what I've noticed, though, like dealing with clients and stuff, if you follow the, like, cut the calories, the Weight Watcher shit, where you're counting your calories, you're going from 4,200, 4,300 calories on the 3,600, and you think that that's going to get you ripped from 14% down to 6%, it's just not going to happen. Because you're fighting homeostasis. So what you have to do is really shake things up with, with you know, your – with with your body fat here we really got to shake things up more than just hey i'm going to cut 500 calories a week and think because think about it if you cut 500 calories uh, you eat a 500 calorie deficit a week and you lose say half a pound or a pound a week and you're 230 pounds after 230 pounds you'll you'd weigh zero if that theory worked and but it doesn't work that's not how our bodies work our bodies are like a thermos so really, like, are you overeating right now at 4,300 calories? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but just cutting your calories is not the solution here. So you've got to, like, kind of look into meal timing as something. You got to look at meal frequency. You got to kind of change that up. You got to have the mentality of, look, I got to cut my body fat. You already got a lot of mass on your frame. Now it's time to get the body fat down. If you don't get your body fat down, low, much lower than 14%. You will not right. even, you know, bot, shouldn't even bother going on stage. So we got to try to change things more than that. So you kind of got to like think outside the box on this. Maybe consider reducing your meals to like two or three meals a day. Just bigger meals two or three times a day. Maybe eat half the day. Maybe take a whole day where you don't eat anything and the next day eat two or three meals. Something like that to kind of throw off your homeostasis instead of just eating in a, in a deficit every day and thinking that works because as humans we we've never throughout history just eaten the same amount of calories every day and like eating deficits eating surpluses every week and like lost weight or gain weight if that was the case we'd be extinct by now 
We've always right. cycled. We've cycled our calories, cycled our carbs and stuff. So you've got a lot of time to, you know, work on that and kind of get more, um, more creative with your diet than just saying, Hey, I'm going to cut calories. Cause I promise you just cutting your calories, 500 or 600 calories a day from where they are now is not going to get you from 14% to 6%. What do you think, Ricky? V? Gotcha. Well, when it comes to diet and diet advice, uh, there's definitely nowadays, there is no one size fits all. Everybody's body can respond differently to diet. Look, there are guys out there now in the carnivore diet that eat nothing but meat and water, not any fiber. There are people out there that are vegan and, and competing in sports and bodybuilding. I think we, uh, you guys had a, a vegan bodybuilder on the podcast before, right, Steve? A while ago. So you've got to just experiment with different diets. Um, look in the mirror, see how you feel, keep a journal, and you'll be able to see how your body feels on, on, on different diets, how it functions on different macros, and, and mm -hmm. tweak and take the time and, and document, you know, keep a journal of everything from weight to how you feel to nowadays you can even take pictures and, and tie them to the days of your journal, do it all on your phone. And that'll help you just kind of see what your body, what kind of feeding timing and also uh, types of foods your body will, will respond to and will have you feeling great and looking your best. But that, that's, you really have to, um, I guess you can get different diet tips, you know, advice from different coaches and different people can help you out. But at the end of the, of the day, if you're not journaling, your dieting and the results and how you feel, you're, you're going to have a hard time ever really finding the key to it because you're going to have to experiment. Because that's one thing I've noticed throughout the years helping people out, man. It's, there's a guy, uh, the producer of uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Bell, his name is Bell. Chris Bell, absolutely. Chris Bell, he, um, he just does the carnivore diet as well. There's a lot of guys out there doing that. There's a lot of guys that are vegan. You've got to just experiment, journal, and see what really works for you. Okay. Hey, yeah, man. man. Yeah, good. Any yeah. more questions, buddy? No, no. I think, uh, I mean, a lot of good advice. So, I mean, I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Hey, hope to help. We'll send you a link to the podcast once it's up. All right. Sounds good. You got it, my man. Have a good one. Thanks. Got it. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was an excellent call. So we have an email question that came in. And, you know, it's a really interesting one. And he wants to know, how open should you be about your steroid use? What, what should you say when people ask you, whether it's your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, a coworker, because people are going to be no, nosy. I mean, people see if they go with you to the gym one day and they see that you're benching all this weight or you're a fucking muscular guy, they're going to make assumptions that you're taking steroids. We all get accused of that shit. So how should you approach this? So I'll bring you in, Ricky V, because you've been using steroids a very long time. And I'm sure that you've gotten this a lot and you've been married, lot, yeah. you've been married, you've had steroids in your house. So, I mean, help this guy out. I mean, what's your opinion on this? Yeah. My, my ex-wife was an LPN and she used to shoot me since we were kids. So, <laughs> well, it's in my personal situation, um, fitness and, and just the industry and the lifestyle has always been a part of my life. And it's been, part of my, I guess you can say part of my identity, what people know me for. So I've always been pretty open. I don't just admit it to strangers out on the street that just want to have regular conversation. But 
anybody that have that I have some rapport with, I definitely I'm open about it because you know people come to me for for these type of questions. You know, guys that are overweight, friends, acquaintances, people that have questions about TRT. It, it's part of my identity, and, and it's part of my job too. I'm you know I own a supplement company. So to me, it's never been an issue. It's never been a problem. I'm very open. I'm a bit of a of an activist in, in a way about it. I, I'm not happy that steroids are illegal. And, but I do understand people that have regular jobs, that have other careers outside of this industry, and have to keep their drug use a, uh, you know, a secret, have to kind of duck and dodge questions. It, there is, in my personal opinion, I don't think one, one size fits all. I think it depends on your personal situation, what type of lifestyle you, you live. If you're a you know, self-employed business owner, employee, uh, what kind of you know, issues that can arise. And as far as your mate, the person you're going out with, living with, married to, whatever, it, it's tough because um, if it's not a, a real stable relationship, uh, this person could literally use that knowledge of your steroid use to harm you, um, either in front of family, work, or whatever. Ideally, if you're sharing your house, you're married to someone, you never have to worry about them using things they know about you against you, but it's a reality. So even then, you have to be real um, real careful how, how you tread that ground and maybe not keep the stuff at your house, maybe keep it at somebody's trusted house and take your shots there. And if you have pills to take, mix them in with your uh, supplements in a weekly or monthly pack and make sure it's discreet. And maybe now let somebody onto your use that you live with that could later use that knowledge to, to hurt you in any way. It's, it's unfortunate that this stuff is illegal. And, and the fact that it is illegal, it just makes it so frowned upon something that you know, it wasn't like that in the 70s, 80s, really after steroids became illegal in 91 around is when we've really um, started to really go underground and people were really embarrassed to to discuss it and, and for people to know. But so that's just my opinion. I think it's not one size fits all. It depends on, on what kind of job you do and, and the relationship you have with those around you. I mean, my experience like dating on the first day, I'd say half women just ask me on the first day, they're like, hey, you know, they'll kind of bring it up. Oh, I don't got a problem with guys use steroids as long as they use them responsibly. I've gotten questions. Hey, you know, do you use steroids? I've, I've gotten this question. I mean, women aren't stupid. Okay. They're, they're, they're going to ask you this question. You really have to think about it. Like, do you want a relationship where there's lies and there's not truth? Or do you not? So it just depends on, like for me, I think honesty is very important. Like I wouldn't want her lying to me about any little, even little things. And I'm not going to do that to her either. So straight up, I'll tell them, look. But, but, but you run a steroid podcast, Steve. You can't lie about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're not going to know about my, they're, they're not going to know about my podcast though, like right off the bat. You, you I mean, keep it, Yeah, you keep it a secret for a while. How long would, would you wait to tell a girl you use steroids? After, how long, asked, you, with the girl that you have now, how long do you wait to tell her you have steroids? Or do you use well, she didn't, we didn't bring it up, but I mean, as we got to know each other, yes, she knows that I do a podcast. She knows that I moderate forums. She knows that I use, okay? But I, this is what I do, though, when, when, when this topic comes up early on. I tell okay. them, look, and this is kind of a different, different opinion than you, Rick, is that I tell them, look, 
I think steroids should be regulated. I think that young people shouldn't use steroids. I think you should use steroids when you are truly ready. And I think you should use steroids conservatively. Okay. But you know, if I'm advising someone like this guy who just came on our podcast and wants to compete, it's going to be a different story, obviously in his situation, he's going to be, have to be more aggressive. So it really depends. But my personal views are don't infringe on, you know, my, advice to people or how I'm not stupid. I know steroids are part of it, but I don't like, you know, I don't abuse steroids. I don't run grams of steroids a week and I would never tell someone to do that. So I think steroids are perfectly fine. So you're, you have now didn't, didn't ask you about your steroid use. It just, she never brought it up until. No, no, she, but the thing is like, how can she like say something about it? Because I live the lifestyle. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, I don't do recreational drugs. I eat like fucking perfect. I work out consistently. I exercise. I'm in great shape. So how could she even bring it up to me in the first place? So if you're in that position, even, even though you live the lifestyle, did she ever suggest you ought to quit or look into not using, even though not, a, not even, at all, even at because the start when you were trying to first convince her about it? No, because like I, she loves a guy who's in shape. She loves a guy who has a six pack. She loves a muscular guy. She she loves a guy with endurance. She, she loves a, a juice guy. Head. Yeah, no, she doesn't like the big <laughs> heads, but she likes. She doesn't. Who like who can actually come to me and say anything when I tell them? How can you say that when you drink, when you smoke, when you do this, you do that? Right, right, You're not right. in a position to do that. So maybe. You know, if you're going to tell, you know, your wife and stuff, live the lifestyle. This way they can't say anything about it. They, how can they say anything when you are at the top of your game and you're living that lifestyle? So be educated on the topic and don't be a fool about it. Absolutely. And she won't be able to you say anything be able to speak it. intelligently about but look, it. If I met a girl, Rick, and she was using steroids, but she didn't know what the fuck she was doing. She was 300 pounds and she was in bad shape. I would have a problem with her using steroids. You see what I'm saying? So you got to like look at it at both perspectives. But if she yeah, was in great shape and she knew what she was doing and she was educated about what she was doing, I would have no problems with it. At the end of the day, like, you know, keep this just like anything else in life. Like I'll give you an example, fasting. If you start telling people about fasting and that you fast and that you, you don't eat for five days, it's not a good idea because they're going to fucking say shit to you and they're going to like give you shit about it and they're going to make yeah, fun a lot of people don't you know? a lot of people don't don't get it yeah. yeah so why even bring it up so look if someone comes to me and they truly want help which you know happens I, i'll help them when, when i can you know i'll help them as much as i can but at the end of the day like people don't really do that in my in the public so really like i think that's keep the steroids talk close to you and be open with your your mate your spouse someone you're living with but i mean outside of that no one needs to know just like no one needs to know um how often you know you have sex i mean do people really need to know that outside your inner circle outside your wife you know why would someone know that that's this is why does someone know need to know what you put in your body what you eat what you drink what drugs you take whatever all our neighbors, okay, no matter where you live, are probably on two, three, four different prescription drugs as we, as we do this podcast. But do you know that? No, it's keep, you know, there's no reason to even discuss it with people. So I definitely don't bring it up at work because 
you know, the last thing you need is some dickhead at work, you know, telling people that you're using steroids. Just keep it, keep it as close to the vest as you can. And I mean, if you can like keep it out of the house, like you suggested and, you know, and do it that way, that's, that's fine. But yeah, if, you, if you're, you know, if you've got friends, family live nearby, just keep it at their house and go in there, take your shots and just keep enough pills with you for a week. And that's it. Uh, again, you know, it depends on the girl, you know, the girls that I guess off the bat, you kind of know it's not going to go very far. And the girls you think they could be good partners for a while. You got to just really be careful who you let into your stuff. And as far as friends and buddies and coworkers, look, don't ever engage or accept any to give anybody information about juice, about anything like that, that is not training, that is not actively Unless they're actively seeking that information to, to apply it on themselves, don't don't volunteer anything because you'll most likely get crucified over it later. So, you know, the guy at work that smokes cigarettes and says he's going to get in shape one day, don't talk to him about testosterone replacement therapy. Don't talk to him about SARMs. Just keep it. Don't. It's not a good idea. If somebody's living the life and they're about that life and they want to ask you some questions and maybe share some info with you, it's a different story, in my opinion, you know, but it, it you know, it just as a general rule of thumb, man, the, the less information you give people about you, around you, it's, uh, it's just best, you know, especially with something touchy as, you know, it's an illegal drug that and people can hate on you because it makes you look better. It doesn't destroy your, your life. It proves the way you look physically. So, you know, you just got to be careful with, with who you let know what, my opinion, yeah. And did your ex-wife use it against you when, when things went south? No, nah, no, nah, her and I are real amicable. We got no no issues. It, it, in my situation, it didn't. But I've been close to people where, where it has. It has become an issue. And, you know, they, they'll use it, you know, in court with the kids and the babies. I've had, you know, I've seen it. So just being in the industry. My situation is different. You know, I was able to get my stuff resolved real peacefully and uh, no, no issues. But I'm sure if it had gotten ugly, <laughs> I'm sure it would have came up, bro. You I know? never understood <laughs> why you walk down the aisle with someone and marry someone and then you hate them. Like month later, a year later, five years later, 10 years later, hate them enough to like kill them. Like you hear these stories about spouses killing the other spouse for money or whatever. I never understood that, how you can go from being in love with someone to hating them that much where you're going to take them to court and, and hold something like that against them. To me, it doesn't make sense. I've never been in a relationship like that. Like I've always had amicable situations. So right off the bat, like you ever been married, Steve? No, but I've been engaged. You haven't gone through a divorce yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, still, like I would never see myself like, you know, like it's in my opinion, just having gone through it. I think it starts with getting married for the wrong reasons. Uh, it's going to cause you to get divorced eventually. And, uh, and if you get married and try to make a life with someone for the wrong reasons, chances are that things will end up falling apart eventually. And um, the thing about, think about women that is different than men when it comes to these relationships is that they can fall out of love with you while they're looking at you every day. You know, men were incapable of doing that. So when it gets down to divorce time, when it gets down to we're going to split up, uh, she's way ahead of you. 
she's got, <laughs> she's she doesn't love you anymore and she's gotten over you and she did this while sharing the other side of the bed with you they you know and that's a that's something women are, are able to do men it's it's almost impossible you don't yeah, i think women it's an emotional thing once they lose that emotional connection with you it's, well, it's it, that's it you know as, as, as a man most men don't begin don't begin missing their their mate until she's she or he have been out of the house for a couple of months <laughs> you know it, it, a man doesn't really start missing missing and and hurting until uh until he hasn't seen her in a little bit you know with women it's it's a different story you know they're going through all the emotions and they're falling out of love right with you in the same room in the same bed it, it just how it goes so if your ex-wife like hired someone to kill you or tried to kill you would you forgive her what wait 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 because wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we see that, is that what is that one? That sounds like one of those trick questions. Like, why does somebody that lives in San Francisco can't be buried in New York? Like, <laughs> wait, if they were successful in killing me, obviously I don't think I'd be able to. No, 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 no. If okay. they tried to, if they tried to hire, if they hired someone, they ended up being an undercover cop and they got busted for it. And the cop. Oh, okay, them, okay, they, okay. They take you to the the because uh, you know, that that's that's a, that's you know I, I'm. I'm <laughs> All right. So, see, because my wife is, is from Colombia. She was born in Medellin. So, you, you, that was actually a pretty funny question. <laughs> my ex wife. Because I forgive her. I'd honestly you'd forgive, forgive her. her for trying to kill yes. you? Yes, I would. Well, look. I would. Because I, if I mean, I'm in love okay, with someone, okay, I'm but, going but, to forgive them. But would you go to court and plead that she'd get a reduced sentence or be set free? Yes, I would. would. I'd completely forgive her for that. If he, she cheated on me, I would not forgive her. If but she, if she tried to, yes. Okay, okay. Did she have a good reason? Well, okay, well, why did she try to kill you? For money? Because she found out you had another girl? Why did she try to kill you? It, I mean, it, it wouldn't matter. Like, I would still... It wouldn't her. matter. So you forgive her even if she tried to kill you for money, but to try to get yes. some insurance money. But yes. you, wouldn't for, you wouldn't forgive her for cheating on you, <laughs> but you would forgive her for trying to kill you for money. Yes, I oh, would. Oh, wow. Yeah, if someone cheats on me, that's it. Really, shove over. It's like not even. It's not even up. Okay, for okay, okay, but okay. Wait, 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 wait. Now, now this is getting deeper. So, wait, you're not saying you forgive her like on a human level. You mean you forgive her like you'd be back with her in a relationship with her? If if that would depend, but I, I that would depend be, because on, you know you can, also, still, you can also forgive somebody. That, you can you, you can also forgive somebody that cheated on you, but just decide not to be with them anymore. So, are you saying that you would you? The person that tried to have you killed over insurance money, would you, you'd forgive them, obviously, but would you, uh, would you consider continuing the relationship? Yes. What about the person that cheated on you? I would maybe forgive them and definitely the relationship would be over. Because that's a lot, that to me is a lie. Like, no. you lie to someone, that's it. If you try to kill me, like, I, for money or whatever, I get it. Like, you know, you fucked up, you made a mistake, I can forgive you. For making that lapse in judgment and there's there's actually been a lot of people in that situation who forgiven and they've gone on to have great marriages the sex will probably be great if you're with forgiving <laughs> somebody to try to kill them I yeah don't it's been well documented yeah well look maybe maybe in the heat of a moment somebody grabbed a kitchen knife or something fuzzy like that yeah but 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 your old lady trying to find a contract killer putting money down meeting you know giving details i mean that's a different story see look 
she's already crazy if she's doing that, okay? If she's trying to kill you, if she's trying to bring violence against you, that's a crazy bitch. <laughs> you know that bitch. You, crazy. Wanna, you, wanna, you, you, ha- you have to right. make space. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put miles between you and that person. There's, that's where I don't cross the line, man. It's trying to hurt someone physically, financially. You know, that's just that that those are just lines that ought not be crossed because uh hurting somebody physically, really damaging somebody financially, those are things that are hard to to, to bounce back from. Well, um, you know, hurting somebody's feelings, cheating little lie here and there. I mean, your heart will heal as time goes on. But having her, you know, sell your, your ID to Nigeria or something, <laughs> you know, put put your information on the black web or, or try to ruin your, or things like that out of spite. That's, a, you know, those those things are hard to no, bounce no, back. No, that would be, I would have a problem with that. I would have a problem with that. Because now you're, you're, you're basically hurting me, my future. So that would be something. I but I wouldn't definitely wouldn't stay. She'd try to kill me. She'd try to do anything. Credit cards. She, bitch, you keep my car. You're gone. <laughs> you know, that's it. I mean, you you know, maybe maybe she can toilet paper my house or something. If that, but you know, you, you take things to the next level. You know, I'm, I'm at a car dealer spending money trying to get the scratch off my car. You gone out of my life. Just making space between you and I. That that is funny though. So you would. So if she tried to kill you, you'd get right back in, man. That, that's that's funny. It's hard to put yourself in this situation. Who would you raise? Who would you raise? You raised in Florida? Um, yeah, U.S. Yeah. South Florida, or or, or, yeah. or just where you're at now? No, all over, all over the south. Yeah, all over the southeast. You must have had some. Must have dated some hoochie mamas in your day. Listen, man. <laughs> Florida's, got, Florida's got crazy people, dude. That's some hood. <laughs> That's why they call it Florida, D-U-H. That's why they call it Florida. We, so, got, we got some crazy fucking people here. This is so all she, she didn't really love you unless she's willing to put some money down off your ass. Well, I mean, you know, it, it can work both ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Oh, man. That's funny, bro. That's, you know, funny. that's why I, lo- I love those, those fucking Lifetime movies, like where they have like some crazy woman trying to like kill everyone to try to get the man. You know, I, I've watched, I, I like documentaries and I watched some documentaries about a uh, lover scorn and people trying to get each other, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, those, those are funny. There's something about those types of women that turn me on for some reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's something about the, what, the crazy ones? Of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. what, what, you know what's funny? There are a lot of women that are insane, but they're hot. It's all hell to Yeah. Her. Usually the, the, hot cra- ones the craziest crazy. women that I've dated have been the best in bed. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. Like those crazy chicks who have tattoos and shit and like have piercings and like nose piercings. Daddy issues. <laughs> I mean, either that or, you know, something, but they, they, they're, they're the best. Issues. Like, you know what I'm saying? Rap maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. The, the crazy ones are, are tend to be pretty, uh, pretty damn good and bad. Yeah. That'd be true. They enjoy it for sure. <laughs> so, listen, guys, uh, you know, thanks for listening to this again. Again, check out the forum. And if you guys want to come on the show and ask a question, please hit me up, Steve Smee, on the forums. And I would love to uh, have you guys call in, right? Ricky V, we'll, we'll have to do this again. Hey, yeah, great. Hey, guys, um, have a good day. I'll get some more call ins next show. Hey, Steve, great show today, man. Have a good one. All right, guys.